Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Double FM Sports. My name is J.R. Miserak, and today I'm joined by University of Virginia track and field athlete Ethan Dabbs. Ethan, thanks for coming on the podcast today, and how are you doing, man? Uh, can't complain. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So as I mentioned, you're part of University of Virginia track and field. Specifically, you're part of the throwing group. What got you into that sport of throwing? Um, so... I'm from Pennsylvania, and uh, Pennsylvania is one of, I think, 14 or 13 states to throw the javelin. Uh, and whenever I was in, I think it was ninth grade. Yeah, it was ninth grade. Uh, um, I was playing in a football game. Our starting quarterback went down, and my head coach, the football team at the time, was like, hey, uh, you're in. So just take the ball, you know, drop back wait a couple of seconds and then throw it as far as possible. We had a kid on our team who could, who could run like a four or five and he was, he was pretty quick. So he's like, he'll just run down the field. You'll hit him and then it'll be good. And I was like, okay. So I waited, you know, I dropped, got the ball, dropped back, waited. And then I threw it and I threw the ball like 75 yards in the air, like overthrew the kid by 15 yards. And um, my throwing coach from high school was there. And uh, I remember later on that year, he's like, Hey man, like, I remember, you know, this was, remember that game uh I can get you to go wherever you want to go and I was like all right cool whatever you know and I played baseball at the time and I was like I'm just gonna play baseball and then ended up working out that uh baseball wasn't a good fit for me so I kind of did track to get faster for football because my mind was just all in football at that time you know as many people are and uh ended up working out that you know kind of picked up a javelin eventually and got to where I'm at now. So, um, so yeah, kind of, uh, wasn't necessarily my first choice, but I'm glad that, uh, glad that it worked out in the way it did. What does a normal day of practice or, you know, maybe off season training look like for you? What are you doing to get yourself ready to, you know, get on that runway and throw? Um, so I think the one big misconception about javelin is that you need to throw like every day. Um, and it's actually really bad for you if you do that because it's like so hard on your body. Um, so like I'll throw maybe twice, twice a week, once every five days in the off season, because uh, the off season is more so for getting, you know, stronger, more flexible, all that stuff kind of fix a little bit of technical stuff, but you can get a lot of uh, problems that arise whenever you're, you know, in a heavy lifting phase and your body's kind of worn down. Uh, so you get, uh, you kind of have to focus more on the big picture stuff in the off season. And then whenever, uh, whenever you're, whenever you get to the, um, the actual season, that's kind of when more of the technical changes start to happen and you kind of more focus more in on the technique, but, uh, but yeah, off season training normally, you know, it's, it's pretty tough. You know, you, you get your ass kicked for a couple months there and then, uh, during the like in season to kind of you kind of drop down the intensity a little bit because you know javelin's really hard on your body and uh yeah so you, it, it's it's two very different sides of of, of training but I, which i think at least what works for me is 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 that because uh i know a lot of people suffer from a lot of injuries whenever they're uh whenever they're throwing javelin and i think a lot of it's related to overtraining so that's something that we try to avoid out of high school, you know, you said that your throwing coach pretty much said that you can go, that he can get you to go wherever you want. 
You eventually chose University of Virginia. What went into that choice? Um, so though, uh, I committed to UVA uh, a year after they scored 36 points at Nationals uh, just from the throwers. And uh, I mean, there wasn't a javelin thrower in there at the time, but I mean, like, you know, you showed up on, on uh, at, at the university and you just felt the, um, it just felt different, like in a good way. Like everybody, you know, you had Philip, you had Pobo, uh, Jordan Young, Helmar, uh, and those guys were just nuts. You know, like they're, I mean, four of the, some of the biggest dudes I've ever seen in my life. And uh, their uh, and their their work ethic was nuts, but uh, you, you know you just you couldn't help but not want to be a part of uh, of that kind of group of people. And I think uh, Coach March he's done a really good job of of keeping that uh, keeping the uh, the standards high. You know, because we got a good group of guys now too. What was it like being recruited out of high school? Like. What were the visits like, the coach's contact? Um, what kind of was going through your head as a high schooler getting all this, you know, attention from these, you know, top level programs, D1 programs? Um, I think like, it, so it was like, it, it, it was different than what I, when anything I've ever done before, you know, because, you know, you get like, like people are trying to appeal to you which is, I, I think that, I think something that uh, doesn't really happen a lot, you know, like whenever you're, you're like buying something, people are trying to, you know, like sell you on something. And uh, like, and I think college is kind of similar, but like also they're like really catering towards like what you think, what, what they think would be the best for you, you know, because like they obviously want you to go there. But also at the end of the day, you know, it's a money thing because I'm not going to like, if I can go to college, somewhere like that's like my dream school but they're not gonna give me any money then i'm probably not gonna go there because that shit's expensive so like you know you got kind of gotta prioritize where you can but uh but yeah i mean it, it's it's different like i i would say like especially at the big colleges because like I, I visited uh virginia purdue wake forest and penn and i can say for a fact that purdue you know was like the most over the top like uh like they really, you know, took care of me, but also I didn't go to Purdue, you know, but, um, but yeah, I think there's like, there's a lot of like flashy stuff that people do and it's, and you, you kind of have to try to see through it to actually get your worth out of college. And I mean, I like, I almost went to Purdue, but ended up working out that I got more money from UVA. So more guaranteed money from UVA. So like, I, uh, I, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very uh, like hectic process because you have a lot of people pulling you in a lot of different directions. And I mean, I was lucky enough to have a good, you know, backing with my family, like a good support system uh, that they, they got me through it with a level head, but it's pretty easy to get caught up in the hype. So. Taking a step back from college, back down to high school, you're able to cap capture a state gold medal um, your senior year. What was it like, you know, when they put that medal around your neck, knowing that you could say that you were the best thrower in the state for that event for that year. Um, so there's actually a, a bigger story behind that, which actually, which I think is, uh, is um, 
kind of similar to the same thing that happened this past year. But uh, so I actually tore my ACL seven and a half months uh, before that state championship meet. So um, I like I was playing football in the, in the fall. I think it was August. Uh, and then I, you know, got hit a weird way, hyperextended my knee, and then I obliterated my knee. Like I tore my ACL, MCL, meniscus, all that, all the good stuff, you know. And uh, I remember I went to the um, went to the doctor, and they they're like, "Yeah, it's probably torn." And then I was like, "I don't believe you." So then I went to another doctor, and then they're like, "Yeah, it's torn." And I was like, "Shit!" Like, <laughs> like I have track. Like I, I like called all my coaches and everything, like that were recruiting me, and I was just like, "Hey, like I just tore my knee up, like on my block leg. Like, do you uh, if you don't want to keep recruiting me, I get it, but." Uh, but yeah, like I just, I messed up and uh, I was lucky enough where people, you know, didn't kind of, uh, didn't leave me, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it, it was, uh, it was pretty hectic. So that whole, like, you know, seven and a half months leading up to the state meet, uh, just rehab training, you know, get, getting my mind right for, uh, for throwing and then, you know, end up working out that I, that I threw well or well enough to well enough to win. And then, you know, took that kind of, uh, took that, uh, same kind of attitude into college and, you know, here I am, but, uh, yeah, it's, a it was, it was good though. I think that was like, that's a goal for everybody, you know, whenever they're in high school, uh, it'd be a state champion, but then whenever you get to college, you realize, you know, you're surrounded by state champions. So like, how, how are you going to differentiate yourself from then? Also in high school, you know, you got the opportunity to compete at Penn Relays, one of the, you know, premier track meets, I would say, in the country, especially on this East Coast. What was that experience like, you know, competing with all these great athletes? Uh, I mean, that was my first, like, the first time I, like, dipped my toes into an international competition, you know, because there's a guys from, I think it was just guys from Jamaica, but I mean, still, you know, you're competing against people that are representing a different country, which is, which is cool, but I actually never had a good experience at Penn Relays. <laughs> like I always got either hurt or uh, just, I, I think I got hurt both times that I competed at Penn Relays. So I promised myself I'd never go back there. <laughs> uh, most recently collegiate, you know, nationals were just, you know, a week or so ago. What was that experience like? You know, you finished with a, a great placement. Talk to me about that. Um, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't really come to, as a surprise to many, but uh, my goal, you know, going in was to win. I was ranked first. So, uh, you know, it didn't necessarily pan out how I wanted it to, but um, it's uh, it's motivated me for, uh, for USAs and hopefully whatever comes beyond that. But uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I mean, all things considered, you know, I can't be upset with, with how everything went because it's, uh, you know, second in NCAA is not a bad mark by any point, uh, by any, by any means. And, uh, I actually am good friends with Mark who, uh, who's the guy who won. And, uh, I told him, uh, that, or he told me the morning of, and I, you know, told him the same thing. He's like, Hey man, if I don't win, like, I want you to win. And I was like, I mean, dude, same. Cause like, you know, you got to show us Pennsylvania boys got to show these uh, international kids what's up. And, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it was really cool. Uh, so I'm happy for him, but you know, 
still, you know, motivated to do, to do better. And I think that's the beauty of throwing, you know, you can, you can still like want everybody to do well, but you just, if you want to do better than them, that's okay. Now you mentioned USA's um, you said to me earlier this week that you're traveling for them on Thursday. What's that experience going to be like? And what goals do you have for yourself going into that? Um, I mean, goals, you know, to win. Uh, I think I'm still ranked first in the country right now. So I uh, kind of, you know, got to keep that, keep a level head, but also, you know, keep the, keep the killer instinct up because um, whenever, whenever it's time for competition, you can't really have any friends, you know, but I think that's the beauty of, of throwing. Like I said, you know, like you can make, you can make friends while you compete, but uh, I'm not really somebody who's super friendly whenever I compete. Like I'll talk to whoever afterwards or beforehand, but whenever it's, you know, time to go, I'm not really uh, somebody to, you know, sit down and make some friends. Like, but uh, I'm not trying to make myself sound like an ass or anything, but you know, and you got to have a certain kind of uh, mindset whenever you get into competition. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of traveling. Uh, but I like the, I like the Oregon from, uh, from nationals and everything. So I had a good experience there. So, uh, I mean, yeah, just kind of have to, uh, keep this uh, good week of training up into, uh, into, uh, USA's, uh, get this traveling out of the way and hopefully get adjusted and then, uh, show out on Sunday. You mentioned, you know, with the state gold medal, you tore up your knee, able to come back and win that. Um, you alluded to this year, you know, you had an injury that you went through and you came out and you performed, you got second place at NCAAs. What type of mentality did you have to go through both times to, you know, just keep pushing? What was that, you know, motivation that kept you, you know, focused on your goals and allowed you to eventually, you know, place as high as you did in both meets? Um, so I think the biggest thing that motivated me was like, the story of like how good it would be, you know, for somebody to come back from for, so for this past year, I tore my, my UCL, which is like the ligament in your elbow. That's pretty important for throwing, but uh, it's actually like the most important thing in your arm for throwing. But yeah, so I, I tore that and uh, just kind of was thinking it over and I'm like, how, how good of a story would it be for somebody to, you know, come back from tearing probably the most important ligament in their, in their arm for, like a throwing motion and then like winning everything and like setting a bunch of records. And I mean, that was, that was the motivation, you know, like, and whenever, like, it, it seems very simple, you know, looking back on it now, but like whenever, whenever it happens, you know, I just remember like going into uh, uh, the doctor and I got my MRI and everything. And I, I like, they told me I was torn. I just like sat in my car and cried for like 15 minutes. Like, and then as soon as it was done, uh, as soon as I kind of like, came to realization i'm like hey man like fuck that like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get any better feeling feeling sorry for myself so i mean you just got a like got surgery done in july um and then i was back by by like the end or beginning of april end of march um kind of took it slow and uh then you know showed out whenever it mattered but i mean you gotta kind of keep a keep a level head through it. Like there's a lot of emotions that come with uh, getting injured as an athlete, because I mean, whenever you can't compete, you know, you're taking away like a, like a part of yourself, which I think is probably the hardest part, like the mental battle. Cause like, I mean, I can train, I, uh, you give me any workout, I'll finish it. But like the mental battle, whenever you're going through that stuff, I, I'd say is the hardest part because you know, you're losing your identity. Now 
your track career is no is definitely not finished, but at least looking back on what you've been able to do, you know, since you started, what would you say has been your favorite memory between, you know, the records, the medals, what, what memory stands out the most to you in your track career so far? Um, so I'd say probably throwing over 80 meters for the first time. Um, I remember the day was beautiful. Like there was, I'm never really blessed with a good tailwind. Like with, and with javelin, that's kind of what you want. You know, I give it a little push whenever you throw. Uh, but so I remember the day was beautiful. It was like 75 degrees. Uh, we were hosting a home meet and, uh, the day of my, my trainer, she, or the two days before my trainer texted me and she said, Hey, like Tim Glover's here or Tim Glover's going to be here. And he's, you know, one of the best javelin throwers in us history. And I'm like, well, shit, like, you know, I gotta, I gotta show out now. Cause like, uh, we have like a really, uh, a really big mentality of, uh, like protecting the house like at, uh, at, uh, like UVA. And, um, I was like, well, damn, like, I'm not gonna, I've never, I've never lost at home. So I, uh, I was like, well, I can't, you know, can't lose. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of went into the competition a little tentative and then, uh, it, uh, you know, it just kept kind of building on, uh, on all my throws. Um, and then my third throw, I remember I threw 79 and I was just absolutely juiced. And I'm like, I, I it's, it's there. Like, I, like I threw it and I just knew that there was so much more to, you know, get out of it. And then uh, on my last throw, I threw 80-41, and that was the first time. And I just remember, you know, uh, like that was the biggest milestone from, you know, coming back from surgery that uh, that I think really kind of put me in the right mindset for the rest of the year. And then uh, kind of everything followed after that. But I just remember, uh, like, it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders at that point. And I think that that was kind of the best uh, – the best thing that I needed at that time or the thing that I needed most at that time, I'll say. You've mentioned, you know, some of the guys that have come before you at UVA and you just mentioned one of the best javelin throwers in U S history, but who are some of your role models? Who do you look up to not only in the sport, you know, of track and field, but also just in life in general? Um, I guess my dad, uh, he's, <clears throat> he's always been somebody who's been like brutally honest with me, which I, which I appreciate, you know, especially whenever, like I said, you know, you get caught up in the whole like recruiting process and uh, you'll, you'll run into people who kind of want to uh, want to hype you up really big and, you know, give you these uh, like unreasonably large expectations of whether it be of yourself or uh, of, of like a program that you're getting into. But I think my dad has always been somebody who's like kept a level head through that and uh, had me keep a level head. And also, you know, he's made mistakes in his life and he's communicated them to me and been like, hey, don't make the same mistakes as me. So, uh, you know, he's just been honest with, uh, with the, 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 the things that have gone on in his life and, you know, allowed me to learn from his mistakes. And I think that, uh, you know, too many people get caught up in uh, having, you know, this pristine reputation and, uh, you know, worrying about things that really don't matter whenever like, you know at the end of the day you know if you're a good person and you're you're uh you're passing down <clears throat> some good knowledge to people that's gonna eventually help them in the long run uh you know you're gonna be better for it and i think that's that's uh the person i try to be you know now do you follow any professional sports you know the nfl nba even maybe some professional track do you have any 
favorite teams you like to watch or athletes that you like to watch or anything like that? <clears throat> uh, yeah, I am a, I'm a big football guy. I've played football my entire life, so I'm a Steelers fan. I was raised outside Pittsburgh. Uh, so, you know, I believe black and gold. But uh, I'm, uh, I played baseball all my life, just really can't bring myself to watch it basketball too like I'm I never, I never played basketball growing up but you know I respect the, the grind but I just can't it's just not something that I really you know find super interesting but uh but no, I definitely follow track you know uh I think all the throws are really interesting uh you know you just see some absolute monsters of human beings throwing too like whether it be you know Ryan Krauser dude's like six eight three hundred pounds of just solid like muscle uh, my my favorite javelin thrower to watch is Johannes Vetter, uh, guy from Germany. Dude's an absolute specimen. Uh, my uh, I, I really like the discus. My teammate Claudio, he's uh, you know he's one of the best discus throwers in the world currently. And you know kind of uh, like I threw it a little bit in high school, but I didn't really have a good understanding of uh, of what it was. But I mean, being around him and you know Jacob Lemon as well, uh, they both you know kind of created a, a newfound respect for the event and I mean hammer is just absolutely insane like I couldn't I couldn't imagine putting myself through that um but yeah I mean whenever I feel like whenever you're you're in uh you're in a sport like track and field especially the throws you, you develop a, a really really deep like respect for uh for the events and I, I I'm and I'm happy that you know I've been around a good group of people that that have uh you know, a, a good group of like-minded people that have kind of helped me grow that respect and the love for the sport. I'll ask you a question since you're a Steelers fan. Who do you think gets the starting job by the end of the season? Is it going to be Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky? Oh, man. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I'm in the I'm in the interest of longevity, you know. you. I feel like you have uh, – you have – like we've had Ben Roth, we've been spoiled with Ben Roethlisberger for the last, I mean, 15 years. Uh, so honestly, whoever gets the job done, I'm just, I'm more of a Najee Harris fan than anything. So just give him the ball, keep him healthy, and you know I think that the season will be good. But whoever can hand off the ball better than Najee, I guess is probably the the better option. All right. Um, I know that you're probably a busy guy, you know, competing, training, but. If you have free time, what hobbies do you like to do? What do you like to do in your free time? Um, so the one thing that I think I take very serious is rest. I think that that takes that uh, that's helped me out a lot through, you know, at, at my athletic journey. But uh, saying that, you know, I like playing video games. So like I'm, I'm a big Minecraft guy <laughs> that uh, get on the grind eventually. You know, I got to get on the grind occasionally and uh but now my, my friend and I, we play a good bit. Um, but yeah, video games. And uh, that's honestly like, you know, you can, you stay pretty busy as an athlete. So like uh, I'm whatever, whenever it's time to go, like I'm probably practicing 25, 30 hours a week on top of school, uh, which is another 20 hours a week. So you don't really have a lot of free time. Don't have a time for, uh, you know, hobbies and stuff, which, uh, you know, my sport's kind of a hobby. If you if you look at it that way, you know, it's it's kind of become what my what my like athletic and acad academic journey has been structured around. But I mean, at the same time, you know, like I don't I wouldn't really change it. But 
Yeah. So, I mean, you can't, I don't think you can really have a ton of hobbies if you're trying to be a really good athlete because you have to really focus in on your sport. But I mean, I, like I said, I take, I take rest very seriously because I know, I know plenty of people who just overwork their bodies and then they fall apart. Uh, so yeah, I'm big on, big on video games. I sleep a ton. I try to get like 10 hours of sleep a night. Uh, but, but yeah, big Minecraft guy, moral of the story. Great. All right. One last question here for you. If you could give, you know, a piece or two of advice to younger high school, even younger athletes that, you know, want to get to the level that you're at today, what would you tell them? <clears throat> um, well, I mean, I'd say two things. Uh, one is like, be realistic with yourself, you know? Um, I think a lot of people get put in situations whenever they're uh, whether looking for college or, you know, uh, picking a sport that's kind of catered to them, you know, maybe doesn't fit their, uh, their areas of, uh, you know, that when they're picking a sport, they kind of pick something that, that their, their body's not suited for, you know? So like, like I've always been somebody who can throw things really far. I've never had accuracy, you know? So like football track or football and baseball really weren't my strong suit because I, I wasn't super accurate or whatever I threw, but you know, I found javelin and I can just throw it as far as I want and I don't have to worry about accuracy. So I found a kind of found a sport that suited me. So I was like realistic in my, my goals and expectations and, you know, realizing that I can actually get something out of javelin. Like I can get my college paid for, I can get, uh, a lot of opportunities to travel the world, travel the country. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of, I think you have to be realistic with yourself uh, in, in that respect. And then also, um, you know, that success doesn't happen overnight because I think people get really caught up in, you know, looking at people's uh, like goals and accolades and all the awards they win and everything. But, you know, when it, whenever it really comes down to it, you know, it, it, it's not an accident that those things happened. And I think that, uh, that a lot, like I said, a lot of people get caught up looking at those and being like, I can do that. And then they don't realize all the hard work that's put in play, uh, put in beforehand. And like, I'm not saying that people can't, but also, you know, you got to realize that there's years and years of, of work that's gone into that one moment. Like I, you know, I tore my UCL and then like, it wasn't just those 12 months that, uh, that, you know, kind of amounted into me throwing 80 meters following. Like I trained since I was 16 for this sport and everything is kind of built up over time. Like, you know, you're, you're putting, putting money in the bank. Like you're imagine like, you know, it's $10 every time you're putting every time, every training session, you know, but I've been putting $10 in the bank every day since I was 16. So I'm, that's almost nine years now that I've devoted to the sport. So, I mean, you got to think, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to buy a Ferrari with, uh, with a month's worth of training whenever you're only putting $10 in the bank, but if you, you know, devote your time to a sport and, you know, dedicate yourself to it, make the correct decisions, sleep well, train well, eat well, you know, you're going to, you're going to reap the benefits in the long run. But, but yeah, I think uh, those are my two biggest pieces of advice. Be realistic with yourself and uh, you know, definitely, definitely uh, realize that success doesn't come doesn't happen overnight. Hey, um, two great pieces of advice there. And like I said, that was the last question I had for you. So once again, Ethan, you know, thank you for taking some time out of your day, coming on the podcast uh, and talking to me about your story. And obviously, you know, with USA's coming up, good luck with all that. I know I'll be, you know, looking to see what you're able to do, man. 
Thank you. Thank you. Of course. With that being said, my name is Jeremy Israq for Double FM Sports, and I am signing off.